The blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. hosts adam and john space welcome to throwback trivia takedown a no holds barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory i'm your host john spees and i'm your co-host adam spees and today we have two new quiz contenders ready to dance in our trivia ring in one corner don't slap this chap or she'll strap you with her rap trap in a snap it's alex the death trap claps Alex, welcome to the show, and uh, let the folks at home know a little bit about you. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Um, I am from New Jersey. I'm an attorney and a big fan. What uh, what part of Jersey? Um, Morris County, so like the north center bit. Okay, so is that is that does that make you uh, uh, Taylor Ham? Oh, absolutely, Taylor Ham. <laughs> okay, for sure. I'd say, I'd say <laughs> I enjoy meeting and getting to know more and more and befriending more of the different. Um, uh, lawyers around this different state so that way i can get defended anywhere i go for whatever stupid thing i do so you are you have made my list of people to call if i am ever in trouble in near your area just as as you know good to have that list definitely yes all right in the other corner no time is a good time for this trivia player because the storms are brewing in her in her eyes it's sarah sarah calori Hello. Sarah, welcome back. Welcome back to the show and let the folks at home know a little bit about you. Hi, um, I am a physics professor living in Southern California, but I am also originally hailing from the Taylor Ham region of New Jersey. Um, and I was named after a Sarah song, not that one, but me and Sarah Jane uh, by Genesis. Ah, nice. Very cool. All right, folks, let's learn how to play the game. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right. So before we get started, I, of course, want to know our contenders just a little bit better. And uh, since I kind of was singing that uh, Jefferson Starship song, I, I kind of want to know, what's your favorite 80s new wave song? Man, I'm not sure I could even properly define new wave. Um, it's a pretty broad category. So you got a lot of wiggle room there. Oh, God. Sorry. My dad, like, has gotten me into, like, more on, like, the proto-punk side of things. So I'm like, what should I say that won't... Um, embarrass him that he'll be proud of me for saying <laughs> yeah. um yeah exactly i'm like how do you define new waves uh because everything i want to say is probably the wrong how genre. about we'll just say 80, 80s pop song you're yeah. like no one's going first you both lose and leave with zero <laughs> points you have disappointed me <laughs> oh, 
80s pop song, it, uh, for me, it's probably something cheesy. Uh, wake me up before you go. Okay, cool. That's really solid. Um, mine is partially because it's one of my favorite karaoke songs, the original German version of 99 Red Balloons, because when you bust it out at karaoke and you just do it in German, people at the bar think you're the best. Yeah, that's a good one. Those are both really good, and uh, I had a surreal moment with uh, with uh, 99 Red Balloons where I was in Berlin at a restaurant, and they played the English version <laughs> of the song, which Lame. I found to be really strange. Both great songs, but if if I got to pick one for a party, I'm going Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Okay. All right, so uh, Alex, you're going to get picked first in round one. What category would you like? Uh, let's start with news and politics. Okay. And we're starting back in the 60s. What armed conflict was fought from the 5th to the 10th of June in 1967 between Israel and a coalition of Arab states primarily comprising of Jordan, Syria, and Egypt? Embarrassed if I get the, the math wrong. I think it's called the Seven Days War. The Seven Days War is incorrect. Sarah, can you steal? Can you say the dates again? The 5th through the 10th is it the, of June. Is it the Five Days War? The Five Days War is also incorrect. <laughs> is it the Six Days War? It's the Six Days War. Yeah, the math on the days is a little weird, but it was called the Six Day War. Dad, this is a pop culture trivia show, not a math show, right? Yeah, I, I know. Don't do I math. Know. We were promised that in no. law school. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, that's okay. No one got any points there, and we'll move over to Sarah. What category would you like? Um... Let's go with toys and games. All right, a little toys and games. Ah, oh, we're going back even further to the 50s. All right, and this question is brought to you by Mr. Jamie Toon. What Fisher-Price toy line, introduced in 1950, consists of small barrel-bodied figures that represent people and animals and includes a massive amount of environments, vehicles, and such for them to interact with? The line continues today and even has collector sets like the Golden Girls, RuPaul's Drag Race, and Run DMC. I know what these are, and I had them with a the kid, and I want to make sure like the name I'm thinking of is the real name and not like what I called them as a kid, but are they the Little People line? Little People is correct. <laughs> All right. Sarah's on the board. Alex, back to you. Let's get you some points. What category would you like? Uh, Literature. Literature is going to come at you, Alex. <sighs> and it's the 90s. What Paul Manette 1990 novel narrates the experiences of Stephen, Sonny, and Dell, three young men facing an irrevocable loss as the AIDS epidemic devastates the American gay community? They certainly headed for the serious strife. Could you read that again? I know there's a clue in there, and it's not clicking for me. Sure. I'll read one more time. What Paul Manette 1990 novel narrates the experiences of Stephen, Sonny, and Dell? Three young men facing irrevocable loss as the AIDS epidemic devastates the American gay community. They certainly headed for the serious strife. I'm not, not going to give too much. I'm, I'm thinking it's wrong, but I'm going to guess Jeffrey. Jeffrey is incorrect. Sarah, can you steal? I don't think so. I know the clue is probably something with serious strife, but I don't think I know this one. I might know it when I hear the answer, but I don't think I do. Nope, so I'm going to pass. Okay. Adam, any clues? Uh, I'm the same thing. Like, the serious strife is clicking something it's for me. It's a song but I lyric, can... but I don't yeah, know what yeah, one. I... 
headed for serious. Yeah, but I can't. I'm not making the connection. All right. Well, that's uh, the clue was for the song "Hell" by the Squirrel Nut Zippers, and the first line in the afterlife. Afterlife yeah. is the answer. In the oh. afterlife, you're headed for the serious sure. strife. Yeah, that's yep. it. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, it's going to be one of those games, Adam. <laughs> that's all right. All the points are going to me, apparently. Woo! Back over to Sarah. What category would you like? Let's do food. All right, let's do it. And it's also the 90s. All right, this question is brought to you by Jody Steele. Thank you, Jody. Before changing its name in 1997, what fast casual chain restaurant was known as the St. Louis Bread Company? Um, being that it's something I'd never heard of before, I think like high school, I'm just going to say Panera. Panera is correct. Yep, yep. good job. Good pull. I think I remember driving through St. Louis and there might still be like a store, one or two locations that still has it. Because I think I remember, I believe I remember seeing it one time driving through. Uh, all right, Alex, let's get some points on the board. What category do you want? Slang. Ooh. All right. Some slang from the 60s. If you had to stick with something difficult, you would use, or you would do this two-word phrase. The new kids were good at it. Hang tough. Hang tough is correct. Hanging tough. Ooh. Yeah. Terrible song. We got a shout out to our sister for that one. Yeah. That's a, that was a really good one. Kids. That was a really good one. <laughs> she was a huge fan of that. All right. Back over to Sarah. Uh, left, we have movies, music, TV, sports, and fashiones. Let's do fashion. Fashion. It's the 70s. Sweater vests were all the rage in the 70s, especially ones made by what method? French for hook. Crochet. Crochet is correct. That'd be some ugly vests. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Alex, what category do you want? Uh, TV. Okay. And it's the 80s. This question is brought to you by Drew Buxbaum. Make sure you record it correctly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Dig it, it, Drew. What actress, who first appeared in Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark video, had an early role as the girlfriend of Michael J. Fox on Family Ties? Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox is correct. Like, you're going to ask mean, two Jersey girls a <laughs> yeah. Springsteen question? <laughs> I was, I was going to be very disappointed in you, Alex, if you didn't get it. Springsteen was the giveaway. Never, never saw yeah. her on Family Ties, but here we go. All right. Back over to Sarah. Movies? Was that a question? Sure, I'll take a question. <laughs> it's the 90s. When you combine the actors who played L. Woods, Gil Grissom, Phoebe Hollowell, and let's include Marky Mark, you get what 1996 dramatic thriller? Oh, God. Oh, God. I, I am like 99% sure I could describe the plot of this movie to you, and I can describe the movie poster to you. I tend to ramble, and I don't want to give Alex all my information. <laughs> I know exactly what is going on in here, and I don't know if I know the title. Um, I'm going to give it a minute to see if anything comes to me. Like I said, I know exactly what this movie is, but I don't think I've ever seen it. I feel like it's got one of these vague, like, no, I'm going to shut up. I talk things out, and that's how I give information <laughs> away. Or you can find yourself into the correct answer. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to pull a John. This is not the show to pull a Jonathan. If it was simultaneous <laughs> questions, I would love to talk it out. Mm -hmm. 
Um, at the risk of your show not being like 20 minutes of silence as my <laughs> brain works, I'm going to pass because and this one's going to kill me to pass on because I know exactly what movie it is. All right, Alex, can you steal? Can you hear it again? When you combine the actors who played L. Woods, Gil Grissom, Phoebe Hollowell, and let's include Marky Mark, you get what 1996 dramatic thriller? And you don't really have to worry about the silence. We cut out all the silence. Yeah, I'm we good. Had. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm running, I'm running my brain through Reese Witherspoon movies, and none of them me as a, a dramatic thriller. Um, so clearly I'm missing something in my, in my, uh, movie watching. Um, cruel intentions. Cruel intentions is incorrect. Okay. Before you give the answer, is it the one where the plot where it's like, it's kind of before Reese Witherspoon really got famous and Marky Mark is like her boyfriend that she breaks up with and he gets increasingly violent and creepy or something like that. Is it that yes, movie? Yes, it is. It is. I don't, I just can't remember the name. So, uh, of course, Elle Woods was Reese Witherspoon. Gil Grissom is William Peterson. Uh, Phoebe Hollowell was Alyssa Milano. Marky Mark, obviously, is Mark Wahlberg. And the name of the movie was Fear. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like a vague one-word title. I didn't want to say that. That's what I almost said out loud. Like, I You just... would have been safe. In no, in no <laughs> world would I have pulled back. I think it's one of those I've looked up on Wikipedia but was too young to see when it came out. So just kind of know it from reading about it. I uh, I distinctly remember the trailer, uh, and I never saw the movie, but the trailer was so weird at the time that it stuck with me for a long time. Uh, all right, Alex, we got movies, or sorry, we've got music and sports left. Music. <laughs> she said music, Adam. Oh, yes, my, my turn, my turn. <laughs> I was staring at you, I was like, all right, John, ask her a music question. Uh, it's the 90s, a lot of 90s today. All right. Uh, All right, this is a question that I call Shakespeare a song. I'm going to read the lyrics of a 1990 song that I have Shakespeareified, and you must tell me the title. Causeth I've did get cater cousins in base locations, where libations doth drowns and ale hunts mine own blues hence. One more time. Sure. Causeth I've did get cater cousins in base locations, where libations doth drowns and ale hunts mine own blues hence. This could be like a million songs and also no songs that are coming to my brain right now. So I'm going to pass. All right, Sarah, can you steal? I'm really bad at like songs by lyrics. Like I'm really bad at reverse engineering. I feel it's something with like going to the bar and drinking away your sorrows is what I feel like. And I'm trying to be like, there's a lot of songs that are about <laughs> drinking away your sorrows. Like drinking away your sorrows and nights. It's probably something in that first line. Can you say it one more time? Is it thing like mm-hmm. catering your cousins? Like, I just want to make sure I've got it right. Sure. Causeth I've did get cater cousins in base locations. Where libations doth drowns and ale hunts mine own blues hence. Is it like in the club? In the club is incorrect. Oh. Alex, did you figure it out? I, I might have. I didn't. I wouldn't have thought of this as a '90s song, but it might be. I've got friends in low places. Friends in low pa- places yeah. by while, but, uh, right. by Garth Brooks is correct. I didn't realize that was '90s either. I, it is. I yeah, it was 1990. Yeah. All right. Well, that uh, leaves sports. Woohoo. <laughs> I love the excitement. No. Hey, we've made it we've made it to the two thousands. What organization, a joint venture between the World Wrestling Federation and NBC, had its inaugural 
and final season in 2001. Like XFL? XFL is correct. Yeah, I, I, isn't that like, wasn't it in the news that they're trying to bring that back recently? Yes, I believe so. I, yeah, I knew uh, that was like a short-lived thing. I didn't realize it was only one year. All right, that's the end of round one. Adam, what is our score? All right, Alex has a cool 20. Sarah has a slightly cooler 40. And John also has 40 uh, for four missed <laughs> questions in this round. I'm coming for you, John. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like either you get them all or everything's a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And, and you get the moment you have to do this in front of people, you're just dumber. It's like, I, I don't know anything. <laughs> like, we can't do math without days of the week. So, nope, mm-hmm. nope. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex got to pick first in round one. So, Sarah, you're going to pick for Alex here in round two. What category would you like to give her? I'm going to do the good old strategy of giving sports first. <laughs> purely purely <laughs> defensive move. <laughs> and it's the 60s. Everyone knows the 61 and 61 saying to remember that Roger Maris hit the most home runs in a season at that point. But what magical teammate hit the second most that year with 54? Maybe off by like decades of, of baseball. Like I'm just going to be wildly off by like 20 years. Um... Editor John cutting in uh, to let you know, for some reason, Alex's audio cut out right here, but her answer was Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio is incorrect. Sarah, can you steal? No, something about magical. I know that's the key. I was Roger Maris on like the Red Sox or something. I don't know if he was on the Red Sox. I'm from like northern New Jersey. I'm not allowed to know about that team. I'm in a Yankees household, so you know. If he's not on the Red Sox, apologies about those bad jokes. Uh, I know something's probably the word magical, and it's probably in a player's nickname. Um, but I honestly have no idea. I'm going to pass. Unless it's like classic Yankees players, I probably don't know that much about the baseball. Well, I'm going to throw to Adam here in a second, but i got to say I'm very disappointed because both Roger Maris and this teammate were on the Yankees. Was he really? Why yeah. did I think he was on the Red Sox? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I uh, swear to God I will let Alex have this question right if you just erase <laughs> all of this. Um, and let me just like have her dub yeah. like you know dub the correct answer adam who was the correct uh, what's the correct answer yeah the uh, hint is definitely in the magical um because he started magic mike it's channing tatum <laughs> no i don't know actually i can't remember oh. <laughs> no what, the... what a coincidence that's a, an <laughs> odd name for you a said, baseball player you, you said that with all of the confidence in the world and, <laughs> yes. and then i was like i thought you were going on the right no the magical no. uh is the hint towards the magical world of disney the correct answer is mickey mantle oh. uh, yeah, yeah. Mickey um, I'm sorry. I was like, my, <laughs> so I always tell my dad to listen to these. He's the only one in my family that'll actually like listen to the podcast I'm on. I'm not telling him to watch this episode. This is embarrassing for me. Between that and the new wave question, I'm sorry, Dad. Uh, that's quite all right. All right, no points there. And uh, now it's uh, Alex. Your turn to pick a category for Sarah. Uh, you know, speaking of new wave, let's give her music. <laughs> all right. The decade is the '60s. Speaking of country, since we just did a country song, what country music legend wanted you to know who she was with the 1967 release of her debut album? We will always love her. Dolly Parton. (laughs) Dolly Parton is correct. All right. Sarah, your turn to pick for Alex. Let's go with movies. Okay. Movies for Alex. And it's the 70s. 
ease on down the road with what 1978 musical starring Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, and Nipsey Russell? The Wiz. The Wiz is correct. All right, you got your question, and now it's your turn to pick category four, Sarah. Uh, television. TV. And it's the 60s. Whew. What 60s TV show was the first animated series to have a primetime slot? Anyone else need a Winston break? Um, is it the Flintstones? The Flintstones is correct. Yep. Uh, Fred was a, uh, uh, a, spokesperson. a spokesperson for Winston. <laughs> cool. The cool taste of Winston smokes. Wow. Winston cigarettes. <laughs> Love it. All right. I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm, I'm enjoying the... I feel like we're getting more comfortable here. So, uh, Sarah, what do you want to give to Alex? And let's get some more points. How about slang? Okay. How about it? And it's the 50s. What atomically aggressive term simply refers to a small child? Ankle biter. Ankle biter is correct. Sarah, uh, Alex, what do you want to give to Sarah? Uh, fashion. Okay. All right. Fashion for Sarah. And it is the 2000s. 9-11 and the mortgage crisis of 2008 impacted fashion by bringing in a new wave of conservatism. This created a rise in what fabric? the American fabric of the working person. The most common color is indigo, in which the warp thread is dyed while the weft thread is left white. Is that denim? Denim is correct. All right, chugging along. Sarah, what do you want to give to Alex? Left we have toys and games, news and politics, literature, and food. Am I missing one? Nope, that's right. Okay. Let's go with literature. All right, literature to Alex. Thank you for saying it correctly. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, exactly. People love it. It's the 60s. What Laporidae-inspired author wrote the 1968 novel Couples, a novel depicting the lives of 10 promiscuous couples in the small Massachusetts town of Tarbox? I guess it could be Tarbo, but it's not spelled with a U, so I'm assuming it's Tarbox. I have no actual idea. I'm going to guess Wolf. Wolf? Is incorrect. Sarah, can you steal? What was that big fancy vocabulary word you used? Laporte. That's a word. I can spell um, it for sure. you if you need. Sure. L-E-P-O-R-I-D-A-E. Okay. I think. Okay. I don't know if I'm getting this right, but I feel like I'm going down a mental rabbit hole of of finding what animal genus and species that that corresponds to. Um, I'm just going to guess some Someone that might have the last name. Uh, I I think. Oh, God. Um, what's a generic last name that could be the name of an animal? Because I'm like getting my wires crossed. Is it like the rabbits or butterflies and moths? Because um, a lepidopterist is someone who does butterflies and moths. But lepus is like rabbits, like night of the lepus, the killer rabbits. Um, oh, God. So I do butterfly. Do I go moth? And maybe that's the last name. Or hair is also a uh, uh, could be a last name. Let's go with hair because that seems like most out of the last names I'm thinking of. Hair is incorrect. <laughs> you were on the right track, except for it had nothing to do with his name. It had to do with his most famous works, uh, which were 
all about rabbits, such as Rabbit Run, Rabbit Redux, Rabbit is oh. Rich, and this is John Updike. Oh, I was so cl- I was like, there's a guy who wrote ra- the Run Rabbit book, but I I don't think I would have remembered Updike from that. Yeah, I all always right. get him and Sinclair Lewis and. Upton Sinclair, like the whole mash in my head anyway. <laughs> it's like kind of that mid-century, like white dude authors you read in literature classes, but I never really connect with. So it's like a mash of last names for me. All right, Adam, it wouldn't be a game if I didn't get lost. I have no idea where we are. Uh, that is Alex is picking for Sarah. Okay. And I'm going to give Sarah toys and games. All right. And it's the 60s. I'm sorry. There's- oh. <laughs> It is throwback for a reason. Yeah. I know. I'm going to be researching a ton of 60s questions to <laughs> refill these. Uh, all right. Well, you have another question brought to you by Jody Steele. Debuting in 1968, this game was originally re- released by Shaper Toys, but is now produced by Hasbro. Players take turns using a small hammer to remove plastic blocks. The game has featured a penguin named Philip, a man on skates, and a polar bear. Is this called Don't Break the Ice? Don't break the ice is correct. All right. Looks like we got news and politics and food left. Correct. Am I seeing that right? All right. What do you want to give to Alex? You can have news and politics <laughs> as well. As long as there's no math at this time. We're fine. Right. <laughs> yep. I make no promises. And it's the 50s. We're staying real old in this episode. Francis Crick and James Watson discovered what polymer composed of two polynucleotide chains that coil around each other. DNA. DNA is correct. All right, I'm taking on a ladies of science tangent. They mm-hmm. didn't quite discover it. Rosalind Franklin, Franklin did most of the x-ray results All that right. were kind of yoinked by the guy who ran her lab and given to Watson and Crick because it was old boys club. I don't doubt it. You are, I'm sure, absolutely correct. I'm I'm sorry, I researched the question. It's, That's just for where I got it from. Fine. It's fine. This is more for <laughs> the general audience. Okay. Mm-hmm. As a lady in physics whose favorite, who literally has a tattoo of the technique that is like used to measure stuff with x rays, I have to, you know, put in yeah. my Absolutely. Two million cents on that one. Absolutely. Very much appreciate it. Yes. Adam and I are just uh, too humble. Trivial writing idiots. We're all here to learn. I'm learning <laughs> that Roger Maris is not in the Red Sox, and y'all are learning about Roger <laughs> Franklin. It's fine. It's a exactly. good time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I believe that leaves uh, food for Alex. That is food first. correct. For me. Food for Sarah. Oh, yeah. Food for Sarah. Yeah, for Sarah. For Sarah. Alex That's just right. got the DNA. That's right. That's what Sarah I said. Sarah ranted, but Alex got the question. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good rant. It was a proper rant. Yes. It was a learned rant. What's our decade? Out? Oh, yeah. About, God damn it. <laughs> and you're not going to guess it, John. It's the freaking 60s again. Uh, <laughs> what fast food mogul got his start as a KFC franchisee and is actually the one responsible for the paper buckets used by the chain? In 1969, he decided to open his own chain named after his soulless daughter. Is that Dave <laughs> Thomas? <laughs> wow. Oh. Dave, Dave Thomas, Thomas said, was said in that cackling. <laughs> is correct. <laughs> I added the solace because she's a redhead. Uh, okay. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. That is the end of round two, Adam. What is our score going into the final round? 
All right. Well, we don't quite have a runaway, but there is a good lead. Uh, Alex has 50, and Sarah, for the one time, maybe not disappointing her father, has 90 <laughs> with a good lead today. <laughs> All right. Well, let's find out uh, what's going into the final round. Sarah, since you were in the lead, what category would you like to add? The, the nice thing about getting all the early decades out is there's a good chance any category yep. here is something I've lived through, <laughs> so that might help. Um, simply because I've, I think I've done well at it today, let's do toys and games. <laughs> it's just the 70s. Oh, it just literally 70s. just goes up one, yeah. <laughs> at least you have the benefit of things being classics from that era, though. True. So, like, you know, sometimes helps. All right, and Alex, what category do you want to put in? All right, despite being 0 for 2 on it, I'm going literature. Okay, literature is also the 70s. <laughs> We're not going too much. We're staying as old as possible, pretty much. All right. With that, so, based on 70s toys and games and 70s literature, go ahead and write down your bids. Good to go. I'm good. All right. Let's find out our questions. 70s toys and games. In this 1970 board game by Parker Brothers... Players compete with other players to bid on potentially valuable paintings and negotiate with other players to trade these works of art, build a portfolio, amass money, and win the game. And 70s literature. What Pulitzer and Nobel Prize-winning novelist started her career with the 1970 book The Bluest Eye, a tragic story of Piccola, a young black girl haunted by the, by the low self-esteem imposed on her by a society in which she's dismissed as ugly and unworthy. While our contestants are thinking about their answers, I'm here to remind everybody, you've only got like 10 days, 11 days from at least when this episode drops to jump on our Patreon. If you want to be on our tournament, have a chance to be in our uh, Patreon exclusive episodes to get for a spot, to vie for a spot for our 16 seeds for the 2023 patron tournament where you can win John and my adoration and respect a t-shirt and you will be automatically the number one seed in the following patron tournament so um, make sure you guys go to patreon.com slash throwback trivia takedown and sign up at the five dollar level or higher and you can be part of the patron tournament alright you guys need anything reread? no I don't think it'll help <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, uh, are you ready then? yeah sure mm -hmm. All right, well, let's uh, find out what you guys wrote for your answers. Alex, since you were behind, what were your answers to the question? For the the game, I've never heard of it. it. sounds delightful. I'd love to play it. So I came up with the only associated word I could think of, which was curator. Um, and the novel, thankfully, I, I think I finally redeemed myself. That's by Toni Morrison. All right. And Sarah? I, I also went with Toni Morrison for the literature question, mm -hmm. um, redeeming myself there in your there you eyes. Go. Yes, you um, are. <laughs> Very much like Alex, I've never heard of this game, and I was like, what's a good word? I almost went with Curator. I almost changed it to that at the end, but I was like, how about it's called Gallery? That's the other option I had in my brain, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's find out the answers. Uh, in literature, the, uh, 19, uh, the author who wrote the 1970 book, The Bluest Eye, was indeed Toni Morrison. And in Toys and Games... The 1970 board game by Parker Brothers was called Masterpiece. <laughs> yep. yep, Masterpiece. I remember that. We did do a question about that a, a while back, and I want to say throw out to Rowan Ward, who um, 
love that that question and was like, oh my god, I played this game. And I was like, I actually, I actually remember that now. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. No way, I would have remembered like remembered the name of the game, but now I totally remember that episode because Rowan is like a delight to listen to and yes. watch. <laughs> All right, so no one's going to be getting their bids, so it's going to come down to uh, the numbers. Let's find out how you did. Alex, how much did you bid? Zero. All right, playing it safe. And Sarah? Yeah, once I saw those 70s, I was like, winner's bet zero. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Adam, this should be easy math to do. Let us know who is our winner today. Yes, I didn't have to change a darn thing uh, from after round two. With a score of 90 to 50, Sarah Calori is the winner today. Woo! Congratulations. Woo! Woo! Ladies, thank you so much both for uh, uh, coming on. Uh, Alex, I'll let you uh, uh, do any shout-outs or any promotions or anything you'd like to do right here. Uh, I don't really have anything to plug. Just, uh, you know, support your local libraries. All right. Sarah? Um, sorry again, Dad. Thanks to my <laughs> husband for watching the kid. And... Um, I don't know about other areas of the country, but in my area, there's like the shelters, the animal shelters are all getting super duper full again because people are like, I don't want this dog I got during COVID. And that's sad. Um, Support your, consider adopting a pet, support your local groups, uh, especially, you know, I love senior pets because they're wonky and need love too. So support your local rescue groups and that work with animals that need homes, especially the slightly wonky ones because they're the best. All right. Well, that's Adam and I'm John. This was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head to head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. comic books? Me too. Hi, I'm John. Join me over at the Comics Underground podcast where I invite guests to discuss their favorite comic books, graphic novels, manga, and more. Go to bfopnetwork.com for more info or find me on your favorite podcatcher. I'll see you there.